0: You're in tune to the Fusebox Radio Broadcast.
1: Uh, Turn the music up inside my session. These folks gotta hear my message. Bringing balanced black radio to the masses. Bought a new pair of pants, man. Papa got a brand new dance, man. Wanna cuff? on to hand man. Then the school they be tryna sue us, band They They style and depend on Y'all wanna talk? Wanna dance like? Mm-hmm. Camille, I want the land mine. Villa looking like the south side of France man. Show up, show up. All mine, show up. Showtime, show up. Sure. show come to the, showin' up. Now we made it, all mine. It's hard for you to celebrate it. But I just gotta live my life. I just gotta live my life. Do I? Blame mine. Need a slow clap and command mine. They don't even understand mine. Back in the day they used to brand mine, and now they wanna ban mine. Even though they got a Grammy in their hand, mine show up, us, show us. All mine, to us. To us. show up. sure show up. Showbiz come us. Now we made it, all mine. It's hard for you to celebrate it. But I just gotta live my life. I just gotta live my life. Do I? It down, build a new town, my lost and found. My don't sink when they try to drown. My oh, never let me down. My never let them ever break it down. My bodies in the alleyway now. Police are like a n- they can put away. they lick it, they looking. Now I got the lay low. they lick it, they look looking. I got the lay low. So we be been looking like the phantom of the opera when we drive by. should they recognize the reminder. Uh, delegate delegating, biggin', uh, trigger finger making, uh, fly like one guy uh, Oh lord, now they it again, oh lord, black magic again Now we made it, all my went through, now we made it I know it's hard for you to celebrate it, yeah But I just gotta live my life, I just gotta live my life Do I?
2: What's going on? This is DJ Fusion at the Syndicated Worldwide Fusebox Radio Broadcast, bringing the balance back to black radio ever since 1998, whether it's by your favorite FM radio station, net radio station, cultural website, and or podcast outlet. And this week, we are sharing some audio from one of the Moogfest panels that went down in Durham, North Carolina during the weekend of May 19th to the 21st. And I went to this particular panel on Afrofuturism called Can You Remember the Future? It featured such panelists such as um, singer-comedian Reggie Watts, um, Chuck Lightning, who's one of the founders of Wonderland Music Group, which has Janelle Monet, Deep Cotton, and plenty of other artists going down, Janelle Monáe, um producers Christian and Rich producer, hieroglyphic being, and more. And um, I'm just going to let the audio go forth and set itself up. Some very interesting things were brought up in it, not just in terms of what some people look at as a sci-fi, futuristic Negro term of Afrofuturism, but even if it's a term that's necessary in the first place, whether it's for the Black community in the States and beyond, or the mainstream community, is it a term for growth, or is it a term to just be another way to put black folks in a particular box of comfort? So sit back, relax, and listen to the audio of this panel If you want to find out more about what goes down at Moogfest, definitely check out their official website at m o o g f e s t dot com We're gonna have a more deep discussion of Mogfest and one of our longer upcoming regular Fusebox Radio broadcast shows, so stay tuned to that. And we have a few pictures on the brand new official Fusebox Radio photography website, which is com, from some various performances and things that we went to. And of course, com will have a rundown of everything once everything gets straight as well. So again, This is the MoGFest 2016 panel called Can You Remember the Future? And I'd love to hear what what people would think. So you can hit us up with commentary and feedback either at our email, fuseboxradio at gmail.com, or via our website, via our contact page. So here we go. Fusebox Radio broadcast, bringing the balance back to black radio since 1998. All right. Peace series. Look for this guy in the green shirt and the afro and I'll put it in your
0: hands. I encourage you to check it out and enjoy what we have to offer there at the Haytai Heritage Center. Whether you know him as the creative director of Wonderland Records, or as a member of the avant-garde funk duo, Deep Cotton, Chuck Lightning has been at the forefront of advancements of late in Afrofuturism. So now, how about a warm welcome for Chuck Lightning? Thank
3: you so much, man. Thank you. Well, 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 y'all. Hey, hey. I'm not actually going to break anything on the stage today. achievement. an achievement. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're having a lot of fun here at Mo' Fest. Earlier today. We spoke about the new Janelle Monae film that's coming in January of 2017, called Hidden Figures, which is amazing. And uh, Alison Schroeder, the screenwriter, was with us. And now we're continuing on to the next chapter of Afrofuturism here at Mogue Uh I want to give a hand to Moatfest really quickly. <laughs> Someone asked earlier what the responsibility was for Mokefest to talk about the difficult topics there are today, whether or not it's queer studies, whether or not it's Afrofuturism, all these intersectional things that are happening in humanity and in various disciplines. And I think one of the great answers on the stage was that Mokefest, in allowing us to get here and just talk and represent and ask questions and allow this dialogue to take place and give us a wonderful forum for this dialogue to take place, that they are already doing the right thing and that now is our energy and how we connect with one another and the things that we say the questions you guys ask the responses we give to those questions and the way that we think about the world anew after this dialogue is really the process the journey that we're all going through at Moogfest is really a prism to make that happen so thank you for allowing us all to be here today and uh, we have another another dialogue after the one you're going to see we're just so excited so excited about the discipline of Afrofuturism and what it means to humanity in the world. Thank you so much. I would like to introduce the wonderful person who's going to be moderating this amazing dialogue we're about to have. Her name is Kimberly Drew, and she's a curator and an art historian in an all-around mm, just a, well, well, what I would say is that, I would say that we have a friend named Dr. Irvin, and he talks about something called the thrivers. And he talks about this new generation um, of millennials that are not just surviving, they're thriving. And she is a wonderful epitome and representation of that. Kimberly Drew.
4: Hey,
5: all Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I am so excited and we are gonna just get straight to the bios. Just, I am so pumped to be a part of this conversation. I just like, I got the call and I was like, am I cool enough
6: for this? Um, So I
5: wore this cool dress to try to like pretend. Um, But anyway, so I will start first. um, If you are a panelist, make your way towards the stage. Um, Hieroglyphic being, AKA Jamal Moss, has long been a pillar of the modern Chicago house scene. He was a protege of the house legend Adonis, and his roots in Chicago house extend back to Ron Hardy, who in the mid 1980s picked up Frankie Knuckles' baton at the storied warehouse renamed Music Box and brought the scene to full bloom. In the late 80s and early 90s, Moss was a part of the posse that kicked off the legendary, ooh, legendary liquid love and then liquid sex parties. In the mid 90s, he hosted and DJed for WNUR's 89.3 Street Beat program. And we're so excited to have you here. If you want to take a seat.
7: Thank you, Duo Hey! Uh,
5: also joining us on the panel is the producer group Christian Rich. They are Grammy-nominated, Nigeria-raised, Chicago-born, and LA-based now. The DJ duo consists of two twin brothers. I'm gonna butcher this and I am so embarrassed. Tywo? Oh yeah, Tywo and Kehinde Hassan. Under the guidance of Pharrell and Shay Haley of NERD, they worked with Diddy, Lupe, J. Cole, Lil Kim, and others. Paying the favor back, they introduced Pharrell and Earl Sweatshirt, which birthed the song "Burgundy" off of Earl's debut album *Doris*, on which they also produced four tracks. And their recent, most recent, or not most recent, because I don't know all of everything, but my most favorite thing that you guys have worked on is Vincible's Senorita, so thank you for that. Thank you. And next up is Reggie Watts, an internationally renowned, oh yeah. An internationally renowned vocal artist, beatboxer, musician, comedian, just total polymath, who wows his audience with live performances which are 100% improvised. Using his formidable voice, looping pedals, and his vast imagination, Reggie blends and blurs the lines between music and comedy. No two performances are the same, and to that end, genius is the word that is most often used to describe Reggie Watts. Give it up for Reggie. And last but not least, uh, I got to sit on a panel earlier with her, and it's pretty awesome, Janelle Monáe. <laughs> Janelle is a Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, performer, and producer, known for her unique style and groundbreaking sound. In 2010, she released Art Android, which reached number 17 on the Billboard charts. It earned her two nods. In 2013, she released the critically acclaimed album, The Electric Lady, produced, uh, excuse me, featuring artists like the late Prince and Miguel. In 2015, Monet announced her independent label Wonderland Records through a joint venture partnership with Epic. And in 2017, as Chuck mentioned, but I'll say again because I'm so pumped, in 2017, she'll be on the silver screen in the film Hidden Figures. Give it up for our panelists. There's so many of us up
4: here,
5: <laughs> so I guess we'll just start with the first question, which is kind of,
7: you know, the guiding question for why we're all here. Could you all just tell me about your first interaction with Afrofuturism and in what ways it has impacted your career or the way that you see the world? And anyone can start. All right,
0: everybody's looking at me, I'm to go. I guess my first encounter was when I was at the university. I went to Northwestern, I was a cultural anthropology major, but a minor in empathic film studies. So I was walking around campus, and in this music I was involved with, especially around students of different uh, cultural backgrounds, it was coming to me like, oh, the stuff you're doing is very Afro-futuristic or Afro-futurism. I looked like it was crazy. I'm like, no, no, it's black music, it's house music, it's where I came from. And it was just weird that somebody all of a sudden tagged me. Like I was a new pet from like a you know a kennel or something, and just said this is who you are. You know how you get a kitten and you tell the kitten your name is Fido, and the kitten eventually just says okay I'm Fido and you know and accepts it. So that's what it felt like. Everybody was telling me like oh yeah you're after you know you have a place
4: in the future, you belong. You know what I'm saying? No, it's like thank you, I appreciate that. And
0: telling me I can live on. You know what I'm saying? You know like. I appreciate you giving me permission to exist, you know what I'm saying, 2,000 years from now, so... But it's like if you go to the jungle and you look at a lion and you try to call it Simba, you know, he gonna eat you. You know what I'm saying? He ain't Simba, you're food. So, that's my take on it when I really hear the word Futurism, because where I come from, we call it Nubian right. We, like, we earn, we work hard how we want to represent ourselves to the world and not be tagged because somebody thinks it's intellectually cute. You know what I'm saying? With the hierarchy, you know what I'm saying, universities or dinner table talk or, oh I wrote a book about these people over there while why they're not like these other people over here in modern day culture. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I'm going to be the one that's going to be really, really messed up talking about this.
8: This is the term when we
4: got oh, back for this,
8: and yeah. hmm. we talking. You just like the term,
4: today. yeah? We know yeah, <laughs> the real term. We don't like to talk. We don't talk the black people. See, what's funny to us is who we
8: are as people naturally. Now, like he said, it's a category, and you know, we like sci-fi. We grew up on the original sort of recall to the Kate Dick books and stuff like this. By like no and all that interesting stuff. But then we also grew up in Nigeria and Lagos, so we just kinda always took everything and just put it in a pot and do whatever we wanted. And we were having a discussion earlier. It's I think it's kind of unfortunate that when you're black or African or someone of color, everything we do has to be a hyphen and something. It's not like I'm an artist, it's like I'm a I'm African American. I'm a I'm a Afro instead of just oh it's an electronic artist. So that's a very, it, it's dope, but it's also very interesting, it has to be a subgenre
4: or something like that.
8: I, I think looking up the terms and seeing what it means, um, I think we're going to be able to a lot of this today, Gary, that means <clears throat> that people of color, the fact that you can separate color, which is depending on your climate, and where you live, and the equator, blah, 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 you know, depicts what your culture is going to be, which is not true, but... Um, this term is interesting to me and I'm, I'm really interested to see how it play out how everyone feels. but for us, I don't think it's necessary, I just think we're musicians, they make music that feels good to us, and if it touches black, white, yellow, blue, then it does if it doesn't, okay, it was white, whatever, but, um, yeah. First time hearing it was today when we got called, and I was like, okay, let's see how to go. That we do fit it. We fit it. I just, I, I just didn't know, I didn't know it existed, you know, so. Right now you have a child, and it's like, mine? Okay. Yeah, it got my nose, so. Right
4: Oh, Is that the Five Nostrils? Like five Nostrils, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I mean, when I think of the term, uh, you know,
9: I'm... I, I, think, I think of, like, like, fusion, like, to me, when I hear that term, I, I think of fusion. In that Afrofuturism meaning,
2: there was synthesized there was the
9: introduction of synthesis and experimentation and funk and groove and strong African identity, but also relating to UFOs, um, ancient aliens, things of that that nature. That, when I when I hear when I hear that term, that's what I think of. Um, but I guess that's that's I guess that's what I think of. But for myself personally, I think it's. Uh, it's about understanding and feeling the roots of, of African music and, and rhythm, um, mixed with the influence of uh, modern society and your personal experience. Um, as long as you have the group, as long as it feels sincere and real and genuine, it doesn't feel like you're appropriating um, uh, because it sounds cool. <laughs> um, uh, I, think, uh, I think it's a spirit, and it's independent of race. I think it's, uh, it's a spirit, and people know it when they hear it immediately. So.
6: Yeah, the moment I started talking about Android, that's when I was labeled an afro futurist. <laughs> Before that, when I just wore my afro and I was just singing songs on the guitar, I was real Soul. <laughs> you start talking about robots and shit. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. I grew up on David Bowie, Prince, um, Visionary, concept albums, all those things. So when I think about it, I think it's something fresh, it's something new, it's uh, innovative. You know, it's a mixture of past, future, African roots, space, and and. For me, science fiction plays a huge role in the future because I can solve problems, I can you know, take today's issues and put them in the future, and all of a sudden, to the listener, it means something different. You're able to get their attention or warn them and we don't get our act together. This is what our society, we will have a dystopian world if we don't make some changes. And um, for me, it is... It, 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 It's cool, but I'm not just that. And I think we all up here can say that we don't want to feel like we're monolithic or, you know, we're not, you know, we're subculture. And, yeah, I think when it starts getting to where when you try to put me in a box, then that's when it's not cool. But I'm a feminist. I'm a womanist. I am so many things, there's so many layers to us as, as, as people. So I think it's kind of cool to have that as, as being a part of my fabric. I embrace it.
7: Yeah, totally. I think one of the things that's echoed through what you and Jamal are both saying is that it's a real, or for me, I think about Afrofuturism as this kind of faith-based system. That is something that we can truly believe in and guide our lives based upon, but it doesn't necessarily have to be something that can limit us. Um, especially all of you, you have so many different ways in which you present your creative output. I wonder about especially Janelle back to you, what it means because you've become so much since you know the first two albums, this like poster child for what after futurism means and in a way that I think is really wonderful and generative, but I'm sure on your end, like feeling interviews can be difficult. I wonder to you how do you maintain and I guess all of you can speak to this really, how do you maintain a sense of self? Um, in your own commitment to some Afrofutures aesthetic or some aesthetic about like who you are as you traverse different
6: genres? I think for me, I always again preach the importance of embracing what makes you unique. Unique makes others uncomfortable. And that right there is freedom in that. It's like, this is where I am now. I may decide that, you know, the next album I you know, want to talk about elephants or whatever it may be, whatever's moving my heart and where I am, I just won't be a slave to my own interpretation of who I am and what I can do. And I won't allow anybody else to put those boundaries on me because I think that when you start also thinking that, yeah, I'm just one thing and I'm you know, I'm so important to this culture and I have to continue to serve them and let them be my God. They're my master of then, you know, that's not freedom. That's not um innovative, that's cycling that's you know you're you're going backwards and I'm about the future mm-hmm. real quick, I think you think
8: of the concept of dramance, like you said and uh, all that stuff is really marketing ploys, right? They you know, were put by companies to be able to marginalize their profits, right? Yeah. So when it comes to yeah. creators, we don't think in that way. It's like, you can say, oh, you borrowed from this and that, but it's like, yo, I'm Nigerian. I grew up on Sunny Ade, Obey, Felakuti. I, I, I drums are in my head naturally, mm-hmm. you know, beat on the drums you know, as a kid. And then, you know, you listen to classical music, you know, uh, Charlie Parker and so forth. You just have influences regardless of who the person is, you know, when you're listening to music as a kid, especially in Nigeria, there's no TV to show you a color or a genre, you just hear chord progression, that sounds good. I'm to take that and run with it, so, I think for us, we just make what feels good, and then the marketers will go and put it in a genre for us, we don't care, I'll make a house record today, I'll make a hip-hop record, I'll do a record which is all strings, who cares, it feels good to me, That's so, definitely.
0: All right, I'll try, man. Now um, when I look at it, I'm a multifaceted motherfucker. I want to cut your grass, you you know um, and you got to check. And just, I just want to throw this back at you. I want to call some of y'all Anglo futurists.
4: How does that feel? How does
0: that feel? Does it offend you? Does it make you feel good? Do you want to hug yourself? You know?
7: me is so important about Afrofuturism is that it's the permission to continue to exist. And the ways in which black bodies are subject to violence just doesn't operate with other bodies. And so I think for Afrofuturism, just even thinking that there is a tomorrow, like a collective thought and belief in a tomorrow for black
6: people is revolutionary. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I will say this, I do think that black people are magical beings, and I will (laughs) I, yeah, it's I do, and I I think no, I think that it, it is it is you know when I think about just that term black girl magic and what that means and just our, the way that we see the world and and because we do live in um, we're the minority in the majority there are just certain situations and ways of thinking and we have to use our creativity and music to deal with a lot of our problems. We have to create. Certain mental spaces to be able to cope with reality, and when you think about the future and where we're going, um, that takes a in, in, in the way we walk and talk and everything. It takes a very magical person <laughs> to to really possess those superpowers and navigate through life and deal with deal with the harsh reality.
4: So I yeah. Thank you.
9: Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it's it's an interesting thing. I, you know, I definitely call myself a humanist. Uh, I, I call myself a humanist, and growing up with a French mom, dad in Cleveland, uh, <laughs> like, you know, spending summer vacations with a bunch of white French people, and you really do man, you know the funny. So like uh, that was my upbringing. Uh, but I, I will say that what's important. To me, about uh, the African uh, identity and the, and the African influence of art and music is the continuation of its understanding. And I think that as we move into a more hybridized culture, um, the understanding is the important part. I think a lot. I use the word before, but appropriation is used a lot. There are some there are some artists and some bands that just straight up take African. Rhythms and African inspired. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but I'm no, not going to say it. But, but, and it's, it's wonderful, you know. It's been that's been happening for a long time. But I will say, like, it's about feeling it and understanding it. When I hear it and I and I'm alarmed by it, then there's something wrong with it. You know, I mean, there's not a deeper understanding there to translate, because music music is immediate. You can hear it. Sometimes you need to adjust to it, but you can hear it. And I think that. For me, it's about the soul of where that comes from. And as a human race, as a totality, as a species, as a collective species that's just human, but we see each other as fractionated and different, um, it's about understanding both of those sides of things. Even like the cocks, as I like to call the Caucasian. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 it's like all my cock friends in. It won't, it'll never catch on, but, um, but, but the point is like I feel like I kind of I grew up in both cultures, so I'm always looking for the soul in both. Because when you listen to Mozart, or you listen to Beethoven, um, or you or you look at a Moog synthesizer, whatever it is, like there's soul there, there's passion there, and everybody's got it. So I don't know. I, for me, it's a it's about that understanding and truly feeling it because you can imitate it, but that that's not it. So, I don't know, that's what's important to me when I hear, Afrofuturism, and I like your explanation of like having hope into the future because that is a real thing. Um, we can't just say, ah, it's all good, you know, <laughs> and it's like, leave it alone. We have, to, we have to think in a certain way that keeps a mindfulness about everybody. Um, just to
8: add that, I think that Afrofuturism, as a that mission is a great start for people of color just to feel comfortable thinking different. Being the nerd, that's not like Pharrell, right? like, yo, I can make a hit record. But it's really, to me, a a word that's for everyone else to start looking at us and saying, yo, that's cool, because we're just people with ideas. So eventually, I think think people will start to look at us and be like, okay, he's not a black dude an Afro-futuristic dude whatever. That's just a dude with an idea. Which sounds silly in 2016, but we're just people with ideas. So ideas is what it's about. Because with ideas, we have the traffic light, which was... Black food. You know, that's just an idea. He didn't make a black traffic light. He made a it is black, but he made it because people were running into each other. So that definition of is more, it's not for us, it's more for everyone else that's not of color or whatever to start understanding that we have ideas and we don't need opportunity only space. We just we just need ideas. We just, we just need people to understand we have ideas and we just want to put it out. I think coming from Nigeria, I don't know if anybody else here but My brother lives in Africa. Um, we lived in Nigeria growing up, a few years, four well, or five years, and to be here, hearing Afrofuturism, is kind of almost hilarious because we don't identify that in Nigeria. We don't call ourselves Afro, or Negro, none of that. You are if you're Yoruba, you're Yoruba, you're Yoruba, you're Ibo, if you're Ghana, we by your region, and. Henry, coming here, we came here in fourth grade Chicago. We were born in Chicago, but raised in Nigeria. Came back here in fourth grade. We're 34 now, so technically for the past 30 years, we've been trying to understand and doing a lot of case studies and research on our own of the evolution of blacks here, right? Go deeper than just slavery. There were blacks here before slavery and understanding how wealth is transferred, if it's transferred and so forth. So when I hear Afrofuturism in, in terms like these, from someone who lives in Africa, it's almost like you're trying to almost a genre thing. You're making it okay and marginalizing that idea to say it's cool because it's Afro. But when anyone else does it, it's the standard, and that's what I don't like, right? Like we should not be looking at any specific race or vice versa, right. any other way for standards, right? Um, I think that's what limits us as a people, there's a certain group of people that there's a standard that what they make is what we all look up to. And then anything we do, if it doesn't fit that, oh, that's weird, it's Afrofuturism. Whereas in, you just make music, right? So essentially it's like the word is needed, I guess to remind people, like you say. It's an introduction but at the same time, it almost needs to be like the way we saw Michael Jackson, the way we saw Prince, I hate to say they're colorless, but that shouldn't even be an issue. You just like their music. They were not colorless. They were black men that propelled in this, excelled in this world. So, for me, the term, or just like, when we create, to go back to the original question, you know, how do we feel about, you know, the genres and so forth, or how do we mix it all together, I think it's just a matter of saying, think about some of Africa. How would they see this? Would they laugh, or would it make sense to them? You know, like, it wouldn't make sense to them. Like, you're telling them... You're Nigerian, you're Senegalese, but your music that you make that's great there, that everyone around you is of darker skin,
4: here, yeah.
8: Afro something, so that's it. Everything else is the standard, so I think that's where the mind is drawing for me, just being able to make sure everyone's music is the standard, not just one specific group. Yeah, I think one thing that's
7: important too, I, I realized, between this panel and the panel before that I'm just like a rampant optimist when it comes to identity. I'm like, oh, what I say about myself is what matters the most. Um, because I think it really is about, you know,
2: who are we referring to as a
7: person who's applying these labels, right? And of course, you guys are in different industries, so it operates differently. Um, but I do think, to see me, like, whichever voice you want to privilege, like, however you establish yourself as the other, is really important too. Like you have to give yourself agency in this as well. Because I feel like Afrofuturism and forward thinking can be so freeing. Being Having the agency to self-determine is something that's really important and something that black people in the United States have fought for very much. Um, and the people that you mentioned fought for very much. So I think it really is a, it's a question about who is the author here and whose voice values the most. And at the end of the day, I would argue that like each individual's voice matters the most.
8: It matters on the... Within itself, kind of level, but there's a very clear definition of who makes the rules in this world because it's happened since day one colonialism, imperialism. It's so pretty clear who's making the rules, so you can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. When you're like, I, we travel the world, like, Europe, I mean, I'm a black dude everywhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Germany, they love that. <laughs> and, uh, in London, it's like, it's cool, but it's like, you have to be realistic. I hate to say realistic, but there's one group of people who have created all these genres and these titles, so just be aware of that and you can maneuver in it whatever way you want, but just be clear who created those rules and created those genres and created those uh, segments. And those standards.
9: Yeah, I mean that's kind of the, that's kind of the nature of, uh, of humanity in a way, like you know the idea of crowdsourcing, you know, like taking. Um, Averaging out like what's the the average is kind of like oh probably the right way but in 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 harsher times when there were more rules in place for different classes of people based on race or orientation or ethnicity it it definitely is about finding freedom in the in between places and working with what you have and realizing that freedom is everywhere it's like when people say like ah this art scene's dead and Whatever, Brooklyn, you know, but it's coming up in Pittsburgh, whatever. Like the thing is, like art, art, art can never be destroyed. You know, it's like energy and physics. It's like you, it's like whack a mole. You know, you try to, you try to suppress it here, repress it here, it pops up over here. And the idea is knowing that there is no end to creativity. That creativity exists, even even if you are in the worst. Uh, gods forbid, you know, situation being imprisoned or whatever. You have your mind. No one can take away your perspective. No, no one can take away the way that you see the world and identify within yourself. And as long as you have that aspect of freedom within yourself and being able to see that, you know, it's like there's that movie Red Belt with uh, Chiyu Telly Jimpo, but one of the lines he said, uh, it's like there is no, there is no hold you can't get out of. And and I love that idea because that's my philosophy when it comes to creativity. Because oftentimes people come up and they'll be, hey man, do that funny thing or whatever, or be this, or smile a little bit more, that type of stuff. I'm 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 immediately not going to do that. I mean I mean, but I'll find a creative way not to do it. I won't be like, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> it's not really that. It's more like it's more like I see what you're doing. I'm going to wink. At that, and I'm going to kind of reformat it. Maybe you might be aware of the fact that what you just asked was a little ignorant. Mm-hmm. Not all that was about, but anyway. Okay. well, we have time for exactly
4: three questions. Oh, so, man,
7: I had like one. I need
4: to see some hands because I'm only, I'm only what? picking three of y'all. You want to yeah, yeah
0: I just before we get into the Q&A, it's just like, I got this, this the silence. I was in the room, the grill on the back, I'm going to go ahead and push my ego aside, you know what I'm saying, and get outside my head, the one thing I noticed, I've been part of a lot of this Afrofuturist talk, or, you know, I'm black, I'm relevant, you know, scenarios, and I feel like, before the stage, we're going to be okay, but I want to speak for the 98.5% of people that come from our culture, who don't know about Afrofuturism, mm-hmm. and I want to take this negative into a positive and say well and hopefully help us be somewhere to exist in the future I want to know how is it possible to have an outreach for the youth who's like really in a dire strait, you know what I'm saying like going through a lot of hurt right now a lot of pain and I'm trying to figure out how can we bring that to them Mm -hmm. I would love to see panels like this where Everybody. I'm not saying all you, you say cops can't be in the room. You know what I'm saying? But it would be nice to have a community outreach to have the troubled youth, especially from 6 to 16 to be in here, to see the people who's going to be okay. Our work's going to be paid, You
4: know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, I would like, and
0: I, I, I can't move, having this kind of discussion, but it's the one thing I always, always never hear talked about. How can we go back? Black people are Africans or Nigerians, and I took the DNA test, so I'm 20% Nigerian. Yo, what's up? You know what I'm saying? So, be about it. You know what I'm saying? So, but I'm just saying there's a way that we can go back and tell them, hey, you're Afrofuturist too, because some intellectuals said we are, but we were okay. We're trying to figure out how we can reverse this and instill it to them, let them know that they have a future. You see what I'm saying? So, I would
4: like to see
0: future You know what I'm saying? Teaching festivals really reach out into the communities because I noticed one thing walking around uh, in this wonderful city, I heard some people say we never had something like this before, or blah blah blah, and I noticed it's the natives that's never experienced something like this before. But I come to find out you have stuff like this all the time, but people who live in poor areas don't know about it because they're not reached out to. I've been to a lot of places around the world. And I see people of color brown, yellow, whatever, and not to knock the cocks. See i keep throwing that at y'all. Like, yes, uh, Cause you know, I wanna let me know how that, that 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 feels, you know what I'm saying? So But I go to a lot of places around the world and I do not see a reflective of the people I see walking on the street who mop, who pick up garbage, who wash dishes, and they're gonna they are they got to go home and look at the T V and see that reality fair to them instead of this intellectual reality in the debate discussion we're having right now. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say let's put the image in the energy energy forum to try to reach out, you know what I'm saying, to other people who need to be enlightened. Like we're being enlightened today. So
5: Mic and time for two questions, so whoever gets the mic first. Exactly oh. uh, Ladies first. Hello, thank
4: you everybody for your comments. My name is Leah Adanaji. Shout out to the
7: Nigerian people. Uh, I said that. Right. <laughs> yes.
4: Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh,
2: So my question, because I want to take up time, is, you know, I see music as a tool for change, positive change, as well as a lot of other things. I'm disheartened by the fact that a lot of music isn't progressive, and when it is, it isn't often played. So what do you see as, speaking of the future, roles and different things that we
4: can do
8: to make that change so that music could be more of a powerful tool instead of something that helps the downward cycle? Well, I think the first step is understanding why. Great question. The first step is to understand why music is not progressive, because uh, bad music is marketable, right? If you look at the frequency of it away, it's not to say it away music is bad, because that's what we play, but um, if you've ever seen, like, if you want to be a DJ and test it out, play jazz music, you to be out. Play it away frequencies, people will wild out to all these crazy things. It's mathematics, it's uh, chakras and all that stuff, it's really just a matter of people, Realizing that frequency works, and it makes people do crazy things, and crazy things, you know, it's good marketing, you make more money, so why progress when you try to progress, it's going to be weird, it might catch on five years later, then five years interim, no one makes money, so keep doing what makes money. That's the first step, right, I think, to understand why. And then, um, you have to, I hate to say this up here, but you have to kind of understand the, the, the concept of music starting in one place. Right? So, Africa. So, you have to go back and teach a whole group of people around the world that what you've been making what you are and what you do is actually greatness. That's pretty hard, like he was saying, bringing people in the room, black kids, black people, and trying to teach them what Jewish people do, which is take care of yourselves first, then spread it out. That's kind of hard. It's very hard. It's very hard to convince someone. There's no difference between black Americans and Africans. Like, no, that's a booty scratch or that's this, like they're the same people. So I think it starts from individual groups being able to educate each other as we educate the collective to appreciate the different sounds of music and as buyers to support uh you know the, the music that I know clear, but to to support the music that's not so popular, you know. I think it starts from that.
9: Yeah. I just want to say, like you know, music music is in everybody, you know, and um, and the, the problem is there's not enough free music uh, to be shown to people that 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 is what we are. We're vibrating constantly. Everything is vibrating all around us. And again, division is an illusion. However, um, it, for people that are in desperate uh, surroundings. Uh, the thing that often saves them is music that's why, why some of our music is so great because it comes from really really terrible places because people again reframed their their way of seeing the world and made the best out of what they had and i think uh that's an absolutely great point we need to we need to we need to be there um because you know i worked with uh it's really brief but when i was in uh, Budapest. Uh, there were some kids in the, the 8th district that are considered like terrible Roma gypsy kids and they're, they're horrible you, you, it's going to be terrible and I was supposed to do a, a beatbox lesson thing, class thing and as soon as I got there and I started beatboxing and people started joining in with me like I didn't, see any, I didn't see any of the things that people were talking about they had rhythm, they had soul because they were ready to do it everybody's there everybody wants to do it it's just redistributing the wealth the wealth is just too disparate right now. People think they don't have it, but it's not true.
8: I was saying, uh, Chance, the a I was saying Chance the Rapper is a great example of uh, music that's great out there and is free and all that, but you don't hear it on any radio station. So radio is still a great media, a medium that, uh, that needs to be tackled. They need to play more stuff like Chance, Janelle Monon. You know? Christian Ridge, play a lot of
4: Christian Ridge.
8: But I I just think that you still got to talk to radio, you got to get it on radio.
6: Yeah, I'm very hopeful, I mean, with the internet um, and music and really the artists taking their their music and and going straight online and getting write-ups and uh, the discovery process. I think we're just going to have to work a little bit more hard as listeners and those who want to see, and those who feel like it's important to share uh, new and upcoming artists and and different things. Uh, it's going to be up to us. It's ultimately going to be up to humanity to continue to push for different representations and styles of music uh, and teach the next generation of, that we're ushering in uh, that, you know, there, there are no limitations to what you can do, but we're going to need uh, to really make it a priority and not look for instant gratification or think that it's going to fall from the sky. We're going to have to really work harder than we have. So I
4: want to say one thing. Uh, What you said over there, I don't believe in the term Afrofuturism
0: because of the fact that I'm black and I'm always thinking about my future. That's what I need to do. So by default, is every black person not an Afrofuturist? That's my question. I see all of you are music. You know, you guys have done great things in music, and you guys have pushed the genre forward. Your genres, your perspective genres, forward. But there are kids out here, well, I believe, are Afrofuturists, who are doing things in the present, who are bringing up issues in the present. Your cheat sheets your Denzel Curry, these guys who are, who are, pushing their genres forward. I didn't know I was gonna like I Don't Like <laughs> when it came out. I didn't know I was gonna like they when it came out. Brian Smurf. I think that stuff is futuristic in a way, and it says two things. It says one, you guys, you guys are the positive, you guys are pushing for that message. It's a great message that you know you're pushing. You're like uh, Kendrick, you know, you're pushing out these, these these big thoughts that are just unheard of. But then you have these these other people, like uh, let's say, like I mean, yeah, you no know sense, but but you have these other people who 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 are looking at the other side of the coin. What happens when you don't do anything? When you don't do anything for me, you know? What, what, what is that? You know, that you're know going to get some, some type of bash back. That, I think that is the thing that, you know, it's not just in music. This, I mean, this totally relates to just music itself, but those are the sorts of questions I'd like that you guys to bring me up. I think you also need to look in terms of philosophy, technology, um, political structures, those sorts of things. Well, those are also Afro-futuristic things we can also work on. Um, I didn't hear
8: much of that today. So do you have any questions? That's a really good point, because you're right, we always look at like um, the positive music and say that's Afrofuturist or whatever, and we never look at Chief Keys and the kids that do more negative music, but you're right, Young Thug, because we are talking about, and Young Thug, by the way, is um, Nigerian, it's Fuji, his style, look it up, um, but uh, you're right, that's a really good point. But my thing is, when you when you have music that's that negative, it always gets rewarded. So, because it gets rewarded, those kids are talking about real issues, but they're not talking about it because they want to bring awareness. They're talking about it because the is going to give you a $2 billion deal. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm Bobby Shorter. Shorter. I'm going to actually shoot somebody, say it on the record, and now my boy just got 98 years. Jail. This is a fact. This happened,
0: and, and I want to say one more thing. Everybody in here is an Afrofuturist. I know all of you are thinking about ways that you know we can we can better ourselves. You know that's that's a very important thing. Yeah. So don't 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 pay it to these these people who would like these introscope people. Over. Yeah. I mean, so but pushing
8: that thing forward. Yeah. But but yeah. you have to understand that this is an agenda. It's not even about breaking down a race. This is just economics. It's an agenda to make money. So preservation.
2: I get it. I get
8: yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I I also don't think he need pilots to believe in yourself, right? I you have an idea. I mean, look at Elon Musk. I don't know if you know his history, but he's a South African.
4: That's <sighs> fucked up. Okay. Let me, let me, let me break
8: down this story here. We were in Nigeria in the 80s. A part that was happening, we had to walk 20 miles. This is a true story. 20 miles from school because the was fucked up from South Africa, trickled down to Nigeria. There's no oil. Okay. In the midst of that happening, the guy named Elon Musk, because he was white and his mother was Canadian, he's able to use her passport to say, I don't like, I don't support apartheid. But my mother's white, so I have the privilege to leave when most Africans couldn't leave there. When he left, the opportunity, boom, goes to Canada, comes to America, Bill in there, Elon Musk. The point of that is, we as a people, in general, uh, black, white, whatever, we have to be aware of uh, the realities around us, of people taking advantage of. Of the, like him taking advantage of South Africa, but also when you look at uh, the Chief Keeps and being from Chicago and them speaking on that like you said, it's a reality that's happening, but you don't need a title for you to speak that reality. You don't need a title to be, I get you encouraging everyone, but you yourself need to find, and it's to pull, pull yourself by the bootstrap concept, right, where you have to find the God in you. We didn't talk about that once up here, but You have to find a God in you to be able to find your purpose. Everyone's a genius, everyone has purpose, otherwise you wouldn't have been born. You know, I mean, if you think about, it is kind of messed up to say, uh, but this is how I'm saying fucked up shit all day, but (laughs) when someone, you know, you have sex and you ejaculate, you literally have a million sperms. What's the chances of you being the one that's born? You You already are the gift. So you don't need Afrofuturism. I'm a genius on this. You're just a person that has a chance to speak. So do it.
0: Right, right, right. Um Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look what you say, but everybody has the time to evolve and grow. And right now when I look at the state of music, I really don't even listen to the radio but what you're saying about these young brothers who's out there doing what they're doing. I'm going to have to be the asshole. I'm not feeling what they're doing because there's a lot of death and destruction and there's power in words. You see what I'm saying? And there's power in words and you put it on the medium of television, the radio, the internet. I don't find it cute. I don't find it fancy. I don't find it vainglorious at all. Fucking Chief Keith for all these dudes who bring negativity to our people because you got to realize something. When people outside our culture see them acting fool like that, their vision becomes Panama vision. They see all of us being like that, regardless of how much positive we do in the world. Believe it or not, because the way the history of the world has worked upon people, have melanated, you know what I'm saying, situations born into this realm, that we get judged. You see what I'm saying? When Bobby Cox does his thing, if <laughs> he does something wrong, the rest of the Cox don't get judged by what Bobby does. You see what I'm saying? So it's just like, I, I can't condone it. I can't sit here and clap about what these so called self-geniuses. No, they're devolved. Humans in manner, and in, in, in the way of thought, the way they move forward. They're not moving forward, they're moving backward for themselves and for the generation that comes up with them, who think what they're doing is so great and it's not. You know what I'm saying? It comes down to education. I don't know their background, but you know right from wrong. There's a way you can get a message out. You know how you should do it positively? I'm talking about negative stuff in the hood? Marvin Gaye, what's going
6: on? <laughs> <laughs> so there's no I think mentorship is very important. You're right. You're I, think right, that, you're right. I think that, you know, those, those guys, because, I mean, I'm from Kansas City in one of the poorest counties, Wyandotte County, and, you know, my parents never owned a home. My mother was a janitor. My father, uh, you know, picked up trash. My stepfather was just like my dad worked at the post office. So I grew up in a very hardworking class family, but I had mentorship. I had people who believed in me, who helped show me you know what I needed to do to fill out an application to go to college or what types of artists I needed to be around or I was in Shakespeare in high school and that led me to writing uh, short stories and having other actors perform them at the Coterie Theater in my, in my neighborhood so I think it's all about mentorship I think, I think that record labels people around them are going to have to show them another alternative Because if we're thinking, that's it, you know, I'm going to be a basketball player or a football player because I'm naturally talented or I got to, you know, do trap music because that's going to help get my family out of the hood, then they're going to make that choice. And and I've had my own family members try to tell me when I was approached to, you know, be in certain videos, promote drug use, and my father was on drugs, so I felt personally bad going in and being a part of anything that was... Um, tearing my community apart. I just couldn't do it. But there are some people who will say, Well, if you're going to get some money, you better go be in that video. But if I had the wrong people around me, that could have been me. So I think life is about choices, and mentorship helps us make better choices. Thank you.
9: When I grew up in Montana in the 80s, uh, we had a lot of funding for the arts and, and science in school. And the first thing that got cut when the NEA cutbacks in the 90s was arts and science. And those to me are the two singularly most important things to allow someone to access the natural explorer and creative person that they are. When people understand that they are creatives, it changes their whole outlook on life. And also this whole label thing, you know, it's changed over the years. Uh, but you can't wait. You can't wait for something to happen. If you got this and this and this, then you're gonna get this. You gotta do it right now. If someone's like, oh, I wish I could make funny videos. If you got a fucking camera in your pocket. Make a fucking funny video and work on it and share it and share that with other people and speak your mind. Don't wait for things. Don't be isolationist. You know. Uh, involve yourself, and I know the internet is really beautiful and it's addictive and we're making a transition to a, a digital identity. Um, but you have people are important, and you've got to spend time with people and share your ideas and share the hopefulness. Otherwise, you're just going to be a curator to death by all the news feeds that you hear, by the music videos that you watch, and the stupid, mostly dumbass, except for KCRW, <laughs> but like, they're, they're mostly dumbass radio stations that you keep hearing the same shit over and over again. That's not reality. And you know that. So anyways, I'm just saying art, science, self-discovery, awareness, enlightenment, these are all important things. <laughs>
5: Thank you all so much for joining us today. And for all of you, stick around.
9: There will be more. Listen to the Fusebox Radio broadcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Podcast addict and your other favorite podcast players. Check out the Fusebox Radio's official website for our latest episodes, events, and more at Fuseboxradioonline.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Show, Twitter at twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, and Instagram at Instagram.com slash Fusebox Radio. Feel free to contact us at FuseboxRadio at gmail.com to submit music for airplay consideration.